0: all right guys today i'm joined with uh i've got Matt hereford here again we got cole potter with me he is the founder of hudson clothing brand um i want to get into what what all is about hudson i want you to tell us everything about it but before we go there tell us just a little bit more about yourself where are you from where are you live in how'd you grow up all that stuff
1: yeah um first of all thanks for having me um, uh, My name is Cole Hudson Potter, that's where Hudson comes from, um, 26 from Tullahoma, Tennessee. It's about a hour and a half south of Nashville. Um, yeah, so grew up there, and then went to Carson Newman for one year, played football there, um, didn't love it there, transferred to MTSU, uh, finished school there, and then lived in Murfreesboro for about five years, one year after college, and then... Um, moved to Nashville and been in Nashville for about three years.
0: Talk to us about how you got into the world of like fashion and creating your own brand of clothing and hats. What was your inspiration for that? When when did that whole thing start?
1: Yeah, so I think for the past like two years or just like living in Nashville, um, obviously people are a lot trendier, um, like influencers, celebrities in Nashville compared to like me living in Murfreesboro where I was. And so just kind of catching on to fashion trends and, like, wanting to dress better and stuff like that. And so started to gain an interest in fashion. And then the b- very beginning of this year, January, I was like, you know, what if I started, like, making, like, hats and, like, T-shirts for me and my friends to wear, like, stuff I liked, you know, inspiration from brands I like and just make it my own. <clears throat> and then so kind of started working on some design, some stuff that I liked, um, thought looked cool, and then it kind of, progressed into okay what if I made a clothing brand and then was trying to come up with a name like came up with just like stuff that was like a sentence for a brand name and then kind of just came back to like okay what is what would it be about and it, it would be you know about my inspiration wanting to like express myself creatively because you know I work in tech right now I do nothing creative and so just looking for that outlet and so at I think the beginning of February is I'm going to make a clothing brand. And so I started working on those designs, started having to do so much research about stuff I had no idea about. Like, I, (laughs) my background and nothing, nobody I knew had anything to do with clothing brands, fashion, or anything like that. And so it was a huge learning process, and I'm still learning, like, every day. Um, But, yeah, just an interest in wanting to, like, create my – or express myself creatively and um, start a clothing brand.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man! Congrats, dude. I wish you nothing but the best. I hope this thing blows up and, and it goes huge. I know Mac has been supporting your stuff for a little while yeah. now.
2: I mean, I I love the I love the I love supporting anyone who chases their dreams and does something a little bit different. I mean, Ryan, especially with your situation, just like taking some time off, going you know full steam ahead with all this podcasting and stuff inspires me and then Cole obviously with your company it's it's sick and I, I'm curious so take me through the process like because I look I've thought about that kind of stuff before it's like okay it would be sick to have a brand how does that work so do you have like a distributor and then like you did you you made a design then you went to a distributor or how did it, like take me a step through like a basic walkthrough of how it really works. Cause I'm curious myself. Like, I don't even know where I would start if I wanted to start a clothing brand. Yeah. That's brand. a
0: good question. Like, are you just printing shit in your garage and then like <laughs> packaging it up or what's going on over there?
1: Um, so how that, I also had to figure that out. Like wh- how the, how the hell do I, you know, get some art on some shirts. So like printing was a, a big thing to figure out. And thankfully I had a, a friend, uh, chase at barstool who actually helped me with figuring out printing and everything. But um, cause he has a clothing brand as well. um, Get the designs, and I send them to a place in Mount Juliet that prints my stuff. I get my blanks. so The blanks are the the T-shirts that they print on. So get those from L.A. Because so I wanted really high-quality stuff. Um, and they had the perfect like fit, feel. Um, so the shirts come to me. I drive them over to Mount Juliet. I send the people in Mount Juliet my designs. Um, they put them on the schedule to get printed on. Um, I go over there and when they make a sample, they put the stuff on there. Um, and I say, yes, this is good. Or we need to make that a little bit bigger. Um, and then they take the full box of however many shirts I ordered and they print on them. And within a week they're good to go. I go pick them up and that's kind of how it works.
2: And is that the same way for the hats as well? Or is the hats a different process? That's a
1: little bit different also from LA. Um, I have a guy that, you know, most of the, the resources I have are just like through Instagram or through friends of friends. So I just saw a guy's account on Instagram, and I like the way that he did his hats, like the puff print that we've yeah. got on the H. I thought it looked great, and so I just messaged him, and we started working together. And so I send him my designs that I want, um, and he just ships them over. We've actually got—we've sold out of these uh, these natural and black ones, like— the first day, and we're only going to do one restock because we want it to be hard to get everything, and so that'll be here. Yeah, exclusive. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's cool. Limited quantity drops, and so this and the Navy um, will be here in two weeks, and then we won't restock anything.
0: Yeah. I like the black and white. Uh, I like the red and white, too, that Mac's wearing. It just gives, like, a super vintage, old-school baseball feel to it. Mm, Like, it's sick, dude.
1: I like the – yeah, we didn't want to go – just the white we like we like the cream because natural is kind of yeah you can call it cream or natural it's the same thing but um it kind of goes with everything instead of if it's white and white and black or white and red it kind of gives off a different vibe than compared to the cream color it's more like warm more neutral easier to pair with stuff nice Mm -hmm. where are you pulling inspiration from
0: other fashion brands like you know like what clothing lines and are you looking at to pull inspiration for when you're coming up with your stuff
1: yeah, I think the biggest inspiration came from uh Kith, the brand Kith. Um uh Ronnie Fieg owns that. Um I've always liked their stuff, everything they create for probably like 5 years, 5 or 6 years. But yeah, Kith, they're um they're cutting so, so they're obviously a lot further ahead than we are, but just the inspiration of one designer creating a brand that means a lot to them and then other brands like uh Rude, um a brand called For Those Who Sin, who's actually the guy that owns that, um, he's from Tullahoma. Oh, um nice. he moved after high school and he's I think he's like ten years older than I am. Um but he has a huge brand that he just does like personal stuff for like the biggest names in Hollywood. And so I actually reached out to him for some guidance some inspiration and you know basically what he said was just you know don't follow the money follow your heart like whatever you think like looks good like however you want to express yourself do that and so I've kind of used that inspiration that's awesome man talk to me a little bit about how you two guys met because Mac is the
0: one that put us in contact obviously but I'm just curious where do you guys meet on a golf course or how
2: I actually so I'm fascinated in the same way that Cole was talking about he likes you know clothing brands uh and and was wondering why he wanted to create his own i'm always fascinated and i love like again i think it's really fun when you see a brand out there it's new it's unique it's you know it's there's not many of them and they're all that's the thing i like about the different like some of these different fashion brands that are started by people is they're all different because they're an individual like cole um most of the time creating this brand so i saw his hats somewhere on like Instagram or something, and I was like, "Dang, I got a message this guy. Like, one, I would love to be connected to him. And the I, <laughs> hey, those ads are working. I would love to see what he's doing. And 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 again, like, it's big to me when I see anybody do something that's, it's not like it's out of the norm, but just it's uh, they're creating their own path that inspires me. And I'm like, one, I want to get to know him, but also I want to rep this guy's stuff. Like, seems like a good guy. So I reached out to Cole via DM. Um, and then met with him and he gave me a hat and a shirt. I've already repped the shirt, already repped the hat on like numerous pods. Uh, but love the stuff. And yeah, it was the first time we ever met was because I DM'd him and went and picked up a hat and shirt.
0: That's awesome, man. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week on the on the show is if you just see somebody that you want to get in contact with, man, like just shoot them a message and just reach out. hundred percent. Worst case scenario is they don't say anything and they don't respond and you're just sitting in the same position that you were before you asked but the fact that you know like we talked about you, you just reached out and you're like hey man like i want to i want to get involved with this or i just want to like
1: support you that's badass dude
2: yeah it was it was awesome i mean it's sick like, i love the i love the brand so
0: what are what's your biggest goal right now with your brand
1: that's a good question i i have several um but i'd say the biggest goal um, is to Within about a year and a half, be cut and sew. And so what cut and sew is, is right now we have, we use t-shirt blanks from another company that makes t-shirt blanks. Cut and sew is, I would go to a manufacturer and say, this is the type of cloth I want. This is the weight I want it to be. This is the feel I want. This is how long I want the sleeves to be. So, um, and so then we wouldn't just be t-shirts. Okay. So like um, polos, I don't see polos coming in anytime soon except with we talked about maybe a golf launch in like a year or two um but like the the hoodie i want it like i want to be oversized i want the sleeves to go like five inches past like the wrist so that's cutting so basically like okay. cutting the fabric exactly how you want and so that's where we want to be like other big brands but right now obviously you know we launched a month ago you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> september 23rd was the our opening day. So um, we've got a ways to go, but I think um, we're moving very well, almost sold out of our first collection, um, printing the second collection right now, pro- hopefully going to launch that in one month. And then we'll have the third collection in spring, but yeah, cut and sew is our, our next big goal. Well, congrats on the early success
0: that you've already had, obviously. And then tell everybody where they can find your product, tell everybody where they can find you on social media, if they want to get more involved, if they want to purchase your merch. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, um, so my personal is at Cole Potter Five on Instagram. Um, for the brand, it is at HudsonThebrand, H-U-T-S-O-N. And um, the website is Hudson.shop. Um, the website's also linked on the Instagram. So feel free to go on there and see see what's left because we don't have a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I've got a uh, a question. So if look like like I said, I have I've at times wanted to start my own clothing brand. Uh, I think a lot of people think about it. What would you say to someone who is looking to do that? Like, what would be your biggest tip? Or say someone's like, you know, I think I want to do this. What would you say to them?
1: If you really want to do it, don't don't half-ass and don't second-guess yourself. Because I have almost done but I've second-guessed myself. But half-ass it is where you're going to not make a great product. Like, it's not going to be something people want. Um if you want to do it, do it and set yourself up for success. You might not know how to do that, but you have to be resourceful. Reach out to people. Like reach out to you. Want you to you know wear the hats. Reach out to, hey, you started your cl- clothing brand. Just reach out to people. And then as far as like second guessing yourself, in the middle of creating it, I'd be sitting there at night um, like looking at designs on my phone. Like, what am I doing? I, you know, I work in tech and have never worked in fashion or anything like this. Like, I'm what if people hate it? And then I'm just like, I do not care. This is something I want to do. I believe in the brand. I believe in myself and I'm going to, I'm going to fucking do it. And so don't second guess yourself. Just.
2: And then how do you, so like, again, another question on like clothing brand stuff. I've like, again, this may speaking from personal experience, I've sat down there and be like, yeah, it would be cool. And then I would think about names and I'm thinking about design. Like, What is it that enables you to have like a clear, okay, this is going to be it? Because like in my mind, I'm always like, I would love to do this. And then I'm like, oh, wait, this would be cool too. You know, and I can't have like a specific, like, it's, it's just like my life. Like I love everything. You know what I'm saying? So I can't create this like one good thing. And so how do you like get your thoughts concise, realize this is exactly what I want it to be um or do you have the like the thought that it's going to evolve and you start with something simple like how do you just get that thought started
0: dude it's it's, it's such a good question man because i was actually wondering like to that point the logo that you have for hudson like the h and the way that the letters are and like how do you decide that man like how do you like that's such a good question man like how
1: do you realize this is the one um so every decision has to come from like within, from the heart, like you have to, I have to believe in it myself. And then secondly, I am a business. At the end of the day, it, it is a business. You have to make money. Um, where it's not about money, it's where I want, I want to express myself. I want people to like the brand. But you know, at the end of the day, it is a business. Um, so I have to think, do I like this design, this style, this, this business decision? You know, do I think it's good? And then secondly, are other people gonna like it? you know, what, what is the fashion trends right now? What's popular, what's trendy? Um, so partly yourself in your heart, what you thinks right. And then secondly, you have to consider the customer and outside, um,
2: people. And how long did the process take? Sorry, this is just super, super intriguing. I'm trying to like get all these notes for myself. How long did the process take, um, to know, okay, this is the logo I'm going to use for the brand. Like, you obviously had to sit there, think about it, design different things. Was it you drawing on a piece of paper? Was it what was it that was like okay, here's? Did you do go through like a selection process of like here all the logos that I've thought about, or was it just from the beginning? This is an awesome logo. This is what I'm going to do. Came to your head? You just put it on paper. Like take me through that process, the creation.
1: There have been about fifteen logos. <laughs> um, came came up with this one just like. I wanted to go with Hudson. Cause it meant something to me. It's my middle name. Um, so obviously looking for an H. Um, so just, you know, made a different type of H. So I actually drew this. Um, and then, you know, the one you've got on your head, that was, you know, just some stuff I've done in Canva. That was done in Canva. Um, and so there have been about 15, 20 different iterations of... Logos as well as designs, I've got some designs that don't look good that at the beginning, I was like this is this is cool, <laughs> and you know got some thankfully some good feedback from friends that like, "Hey, I don't think that's it. I'm like, you know, thank you, I appreciate it. instead of somebody telling you like that looks awesome and it like looks like dog crap, you know um so thankfully, I had you know a uh, a small group of people that I trust like in a fashion sense or just you know people that will be honest with me. Um, that like hey I don't think that's it that kind of looks like this or that you know doesn't look great but um yeah just we've went through 15 or 20 and now it's kind of down to we have like three or four three logos this one that one um there's one you'll see on the buck tee that's coming out in the next drop and then as time goes on there'll be different iterations of the H or whether it's Hudson spelled out, but you know, this is our main logo. And that's probably, that's our second one. And that's, that's our bread and butter, this one and that one.
0: Dude. So fashion to me, fashion just seems like one of those markets where it's really tough to stay current. It's really tough to stay on brand, like throughout the change of fashion trends. So talk to us just a little bit about some of the, some of the biggest challenges that you've had to this point, And then what are some of the challenges that you see coming to you in the future when it comes to the, to the fact of having to stay relevant, having to stay current on on fashion trends
1: as they progress. The biggest challenge is, yes, just staying relevant. Like, oh, Hudson had a cool first drop, but um, they kind of fell off after drop two and three. Like, I don't want that to happen. I want it to be constantly like, oh, did you see what Hudson dropped? Like, the the new shirt or the new hat looks dope. Um, so that kind of comes with immersing myself in, um fashion like I think like travel is one thing so I've been in New York City a couple of times I absolutely love New York City because everyone dresses pretty nice and different but you know looks cool and also it's a big city for fashion but even Nashville you know I love being here and I think this is a great place to start the brand <clears throat> Um because everybody dresses very everybody wants to look good everybody wants to wear what's what's hot right now so like for instance camo camo is So, in, never did I think I'd ever be wearing camo as in a fashion sense, you know? Um, but our next collection is camo themed. Um, so we've got a camo long sleeve, a buck t-shirt. We're going to have a bright orange hunting hat with the H logo in black and a camo hat. Um, so, because that's, what's popular right now, like camo is in. And so the biggest challenge now is anticipating what's going to be hot in spring. What's going to be hot in summer. Um, like, if you look past this summer, a lot of brands did racing tees, like racing graphic tees. Like, that was really in, like, in the middle of summer, May, June, July. Just throw a throw a a car on there and say, like, F1 something, like, a graphic tee, and, like, people love it. You know, so trying to anticipate what's going to be, tra- or trying to spot something early, that's kind of what me and the people that I rely on my team are going to try and do and where I trying to do it right now.
0: Speaking of fashion and like, you know, you were mentioning, how do you get that like buzz? How do you get that excitement before you release stuff? You know, we just saw the release of the Travis Scott Nike collab shoe that came out and all the hype that surrounded that for months leading up to it. And then day one within however many minutes or hours they are completely sold out. And I was just looking the other day, like if you want a pair, if you want a pair right now from like somebody that has a pair, I mean, you're paying no less than a grand for I looked last night. It's 680. <laughs> <laughs> How sick would it be for you if, if when your brand gets to that point where you're, you're talking about a drop that's coming up for months and then within minutes, boom, it's gone.
1: Oh gosh, that would be, I feel like I kind of got to experience that my, at my launch party. So we had it at the Virgin hotel rooftop, nice. um, sold out of every hat except um, the red. We had f- eight left of the red and three of the navy. And so we sold over 80 hats. So, like, I felt like I, I dropped it and it sold out. Didn't technically sell out, but, like, I got a feeling close to that. Like, it, it felt amazing. Um but to be at that point one day where it's like people are talking about one of Hudson's drops like a week in advance. And then like, let's say we drop 11 a.m. Saturday morning and it sells out within like 45 minutes. Like there would be no better feeling because not the money part of it. Like I do not care about that, but just knowing that people want to wear it enough. Like that is an even better feeling that like money can't fill. Like, like, when Mac talks about, like, loving the brand and wanting to wear the hat, that makes me feel so good. Like, seeing you wear the hat, like, I love it. You know, that is better than, like, any money that comes in. It's just, like, people wanting to wear something that I created is an amazing feeling. I
0: could totally agree. I totally understand what you're talking about because it's like every time I put out a podcast episode and people listen to it, I'm
1: like. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, it, it, it's a good feeling to know that, like, you're creating something that people like they want to consume they want to wear they want to listen to you know it makes you feel like you're doing a good job yeah
2: let's say a part of that cole and props to you on is like look it looked cool i i know other companies and other stuff that looks cool as well but like meeting you for the first time just i, I already knew you were like a genuine good guy and i think that helps a lot too is like i want to wear stuff for people that i know are doing good things you know um, and, and spreading love. And like, that's why I, it's like, I love to rep it. You know what I mean? Like, no, you know, so I'm like, ah, oh, like I'm going to rep it. Like I like it, but now I'm repping it every single day. Cause I, you know, I met you and stuff. So I think that's a huge thing as well.
0: Yeah. And it's refreshing. It's refreshing to meet somebody that's trying to create a business, but they're doing, they're doing it for the reason of just pure creativity. Like it's something that you're passionate about. It's something that you enjoy and you want other people to enjoy it. And anything else that comes with that is just a byproduct but, to know that your heart's in the right place and that you're doing it for the right reasons, that makes it even more, that makes it more incredible. Yeah, thing. I appreciate that.
2: The thing I'll say about the Travis Scott sneakers, I don't know if y'all saw this, but it was, it was a dope thing I saw. I love the idea. So apparently in some company brought or bought, some company bought all the Travis Scott sneakers or a bunch of Travis Scott sneakers. And then what they did is they required people to hit a drive 200 yards or further supposedly. I don't know if that's exactly true. And I was like, dang, that's a really good idea because they wanted to get them to golfers instead of just regular people trying to buy them. And I love the concept. The only thing I was thinking about is like, look, You put me up there for one shot to hit a 200 yard drive. I don't know that I could do that right now. And I'm not a bad, I'm not a horrible golfer, but I'm just like, I don't even know if I could hit a 200 yard drive. How many swings do you get? That's the thing. How many swings do you get? Like, what, what, I don't know. But I love the concept of that. Like making people come in and actually have to hit a golf ball to get golf shoes. That's hysterical.
1: Yeah. So scalpers don't come in and buy it and just resell it. Exactly. Or like sneaker heads and stuff. Yeah. Like actual golfers
0: that want to wear it. Like, yeah. Yeah. Can I get a bucket of range balls to warm up before I got to go out there and take my swing for my? Sh-
1: but no, I did see that. But I'm wondering, you know, did they do it at like a top golf, or did they go to a golf course? They went to. I'm pretty sure they went to a golf course. And I think
0: what they did was it was like a it was like an entry. So you had to like you had to submit, and then if you got entered into it, and they selected your name, and then you went out there and hit a drive over 200 yards, they would give you a pair of shoes. That's super. I mean, that's smart marketing. On my yeah, my, really my smart You Got a
1: bunch of press, you know, like I. I would love to have a pair of those shoes. I was looking at them last night because I hadn't actually looked at the price yet, um, and so I went last night and I saw six eighty. I was like, oh nope. Um, but those shoes are so
0: cool. Yeah, but the six eighty is people. It's it's people selling it after the fact. If if you could have bought them right when they released, they were only one hundred and seventy bucks.
1: I would I would definitely pay that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's not bad. For an awesome golf shoe and for it to be like a, the Travis Scott design on there, it comes with like three different color shoelaces, too. They have like white shoelaces, black shoelaces, and then the the green that matches the green that's on the tongue of the shoe. I love the fact that they did the, the two different color Nike swooshes. I love the fact that they put the Nike swoosh backwards on it instead of forward like normal.
1: Yeah, that's that Travis Scott signature. Yeah. Backwards. Swoosh.
0: And then I don't know if you guys saw the, uh, the video with him and Brooks Kepka on a driving range where – He's trying to get Brooks Koepka to hit golf balls at certain targets, and he keeps hitting them. And then Travis Scott's like, we got to bring the drone out. Let's get the drone out real quick. And they fly a drone over, and then Brooks Koepka hits a golf ball and knocks a drone out of the air.
1: <laughs> oh, man, no, I didn't see that. I saw the pictures that they took, and um, they look pretty cool. But overall, they did a great job with um, that shoe, and I hope they have another drop because I'd love to grab a pair. I know, me too. I might have to –
0: go take out a personal loan just so i can go pay a thousand bucks for somebody to give me a pair so. speaking of brooks kepka did you guys see the uh the interview that he did recently where somebody asked him if he would get in a boxing match with uh like who he would want to get in a boxing match with on against somebody on the pga tour and he was talking about how you know him and bryson dechambeau had that little tiff a, a year or two ago and he's like yeah i could fight bryson dechambeau bryson would definitely win right i don't know man Bryson, Bryson got big there for a minute, but I just feel like, I feel like he's just a soft kid. Like I think Brooks, I don't know. There's just something about Brooks's personality where I feel like he would just switch it into another gear and, and it wouldn't really be a fair. I
1: feel like Brooks has the pass, the personality to be the one to win the fight, but then Bryson just like the, the physical part of it, I think. Yeah, I know, but I think Brooks is
0: still bigger than him. Is he really? Yeah.
2: Oh. I don't really know what what the outcome would be, but I would love <laughs> to see a Brooks Kepka, Bryson DeChambeau boxing match live in action pay-per-view would be pretty nuts.
0: How sick would that be, man? That Let's be do it at a arena. so much money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that would <laughs> make that'd a lot dumb. of money. And
2: I mean, then we could
0: hype it as like, well, they're both on live tour, but, you know, it'd be funny if you could hype it as like a live guy versus a PJ tour guy. That'd be even better.
2: Yeah, that would be nuts. Oh, actually
1: that would. Also, when did boxing matches become so popular between like Celebrities like that's like that's the thing now is if yeah. like two celebrities don't like each other they want to support a cause <laughs> or something like boxing matches. I guess it started with like the the Paul brothers. That's what
2: I was about to say. The it's, Paul brothers. Dude. It started
1: before then. They did
0: celebrity boxing matches before the like Logan and Jake Paul got into it. But they're the two that made it so yeah. popular to where it is right now.
2: Yeah, they're masterminds of marketing. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. Like years ago, yeah, like you said, it was probably already going on. But then the Paul brothers come out. start doing it and i think the first one i remembered was was it one of the paul's fighting uh who was it that they fought who's the guy the basketball player
0: logan oh uh i know logan fought ksi uh jake fought the short he he fought that shorter basketball player who is it I'm, i'm gonna look it up right now
2: that's the one that i really remember and the funniest thing was i remember after that I, robinson, I think nate like? robinson. Nate yeah. robinson nate robinson Robinson. Yeah, yeah yeah so after that paul brother fought nate robinson i remember seeing like a tiktok of them knocking nate out and i commented on it and i was like i want you know jake paul next or something <laughs> <laughs> and it was like when i was like popping off on tiktok and stuff it was hysterical i mean i like Started to get some uh, attraction, and then I was like, Okay, wait, I don't, you know, this would be interesting. He's a lot more well trained than I
1: am. Mac's kind of a celebrity. We need to get him in a boxing (laughs) match. I know,
2: right? Mac, who would you want to get in a boxing match with? I don't know. There's no one I really have any beef with uh, to be able to box, but I've definitely thought about the whole boxing thing. I think it's a cool concept, and I'm not opposed to it. Like, if there was someone who was like, Hey, I would really want to box you, I think it'd be a great thing. I think we could get some. You know, do it for a charity mm. um, and maybe even do it like Bridgestone Arena or something. That Someone who has cool. some beef just could come out of the woodworks who wants to, you know, brawl.
1: If anybody has beef with Mac, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, and then I, I, I would do it. I would I would do it, but I would want some time to train. I'd want like an adequate, like probably like 12 months, 8 to 12 months, like almost a year to train. But I think that like that would be perfect. Like I would love to like dive back into training and just be like, knowing that I'm outworking whoever I'm, you know, fighting against, like I would train my like heart out. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting thing to think about.
0: It actually be kind of funny if we did it at like the Tennessee fairgrounds, make it a little bit more underground, and <laughs> like sell fewer tickets, but put a little bit higher price tag on it. So you only get a handful of people there.
1: That would be funny. I like
0: the fact that I like the fact that you started out answering that question by saying I don't really have anybody that I have beef with <laughs> enough to box. Like you have to you have to have some hatred in your heart just to be motivated enough to box somebody instead of just doing it for fun.
2: I mean, I could do it for fun if someone else wanted to do it for fun, but like it's just hard. Like I don't know, like I don't know who that person would be. So we'll find them.
0: Yeah, we'll find them. I understand where you're coming from though too, because fighting somebody, you could say you're doing it for fun, but there needs to be like a whole other. Thing in your head that gets you motivated to have that kind of like aggression in that. Yeah, moment,
1: if you're so. punching somebody, it would help for you to not like them. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Who's it?
0: Who's it? What about like one of the college defensive backs that you had to go <laughs> up against? So he just would chirp you all the time on the field, and you're like, "Oh man, I really wish I could just put some gloves on with this kid right now."
2: I mean, it wouldn't really happen like uh, in practice. I will say uh, I would chirp a little bit and yeah. people would chirp back. And it would be the the reason I loved it during practice is because we could be butting heads during practice, want to just beat the heck out of each other. But then after practice, we'd be like in the locker room, like going to the show, like, hey, buddy, like, hey, man, like it was weird. Like, you know, we could all turn it off. Like when we're mm-hmm. out on the field, it was just a full on like brawl at points. Yeah. And it was like you knew that that was there was a separation between the field and the locker room. They always made that clear. And I was like. I'm glad that it was that way because a lot of times I feel like people try to bring things, they'll get in a fight in practice and they'll try to bring it into the locker room. It's not how it is. It's kind of like a boxing match. Like you get in the ring, you box, you fight. And then when you get out, like it's cool to see those people always like dap each other up after a yeah. round yeah. or the boxing matches. Cause I'm like, dang, like they were just beating the heck out of each other. And now they're, you know, shaking hands, like to have that mental stability and capacity to be able to sit there and know at the end of the day, like, Hey, it was a good fight and not want to just, beat the heck out of the person even more is a cool thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, talking about things that are relevant and like hot, hot growing trends right now, it would actually be really funny if guys had beef now on a football field and they looked at each other during practice and they were like, save it for after practice. We're going to play pickleball to solve this beef.
1: (laughs) I have never... I want to get on the pickleball train. I've never played it my whole... um. Group of friends plays it, like, more so earlier in the summer. But they would play every week, like, twice a week when I was at work. But y'all play, right? I play a bunch. Played. My 70-year-old father plays pickleball,
0: and I have yet to play. I don't even know where to go and get pickleball shit like do you just go somewhere and they have paddles and pickleballs or do they you have paddles everywhere stuff?
2: first of all you have paddles for me you know website out there mac Hereford signature paddle is it's looking it's going all fresh off the press uh but <laughs> where, do we, where do we get those <laughs> you can get them on it you just go to Google and type in mac Hereford signature paddle it'll you have a pull up the link paddle. yeah yeah i have a paddle now do i need that for my skill level i don't know that question is for the people out there but this is one thing I do want to say about pickleball. I saw Riley Green said this and this is what I got to say to Riley Green about it. Riley Green said that pickle he does not like pickleball and the reason was because he couldn't use his athletic ability to go out there and like necessarily beat someone right away. So he was talking about if he were to go out there and play, you know, some person who's just like a this random guy who's just a pickleball addict but it's like small whatever. He was saying that like that's not a real sport or not a great sport to play if someone can beat you. And my thing is athletic ability makes a big difference in pickleball you have to be an athlete and i think it's like other sports like it's no different like yeah basketball you get a competitive advantage for being athletic being tall but you can get a a competitive advantage in pickleball too the thing that's cool about pickleball is you may have an 80 year old woman who's got more strategy than you who can play and can maybe beat you if you haven't been playing the sport long enough but i had to clear that up because i saw he said something about that i'm like pickleball is a good sport I like pickleball and I think athletes like pickleball. And there's a, the top pickleball players, if you watched the top pickleball players play, like like these guys are going all over the court. They're like, I mean, the the wear and tear on your knees and your body is insane. And the things they're doing are just unhuman at times. Like it's unbelievable.
0: All right, I'm gonna be that guy for a second. Everything that I've witnessed when it comes to pickleball, you're you're standing still and you might move two feet. How are we calling this athleticism?
2: Look, once you get out on the court and try to play me, and you see that I will move you around the court and you'll be like a puppet moving around that thing, and I'll be, then you'll realize and you'll be like, okay, I have to move. What's crazy, you watch, people see a small portion. A lot of people see like a lot of these old people playing, which are like, a lot of them are good players. Older people are not bad players. And a lot of them have an ability to use strategy. But why it's athletic, if you wanna see athletic, I'm telling you right now, go turn on the TV, put on the PPA tour. <laughs> Or whatever it's called PPA. Per, The MLP. <laughs> PPA tour or MLP. Watch it on Is TV. It they, ESPN they stream the it on Ocho? ESPN. They stream it on actual ESPN at times. <laughs> and Obscure I'm telling you right now, movie. turn that on. And go watch the best players, and tell me that it's not athletic. The, if you watch pickleball singles, these people are flying around the court. It is unbelievable, and you will change your mind. They're not sitting around; they're
0: just think- dinking and dunking. You can't go in. The, what's what's. Talk to us about the kitchen, bro. Like what's this whole nonsense? Like you can't go in the kitchen. What we can't get
2: too close to the really short net. Look, I didn't make the game of pickleball, but whoever did was a smart man or smart woman. Whoever it was, they were a smart person. And I'm telling you right now, the kitchen is just the line. Where, like you can't go in there unless the ball drops in, and then you got to go in. Is
1: that the nickname, or is it technically? It's called, called the kitchen. kitchen. Oh, like really? in the
2: rule book, it's called the kitchen, and I don't oh, know why it's called the kitchen. But I can tell you, if you can't handle the heat, then get out. The kitchen. Stay out. You know what I'm oh. saying? Stay what out. I, oh, damn Stay seen, out. Speaking um, of heat, getting fired yes, up. there is. Like
1: you're not moving a lot, like a lot, like tennis. But you yeah. like you gotta be like quit, have like good footwork. But from what I've seen, the hardest part is like the touch, right? Yep. The touch. You gotta have the touch. You
2: have to, if you're gonna be at the at the high level, you gotta learn to dink. You gotta learn to basically put it just right. I told over you the dinking and dunking. It's dude. a lot okay, of I dunk dinking. is over
1: the top, dink is down low. Uh,
2: no, I don't I don't know dunking if that's a term in pickleball. Maybe it is, but the dinking part is huge. You gotta be able to get low and put a little bit of touch on it. So it does require you to play the sport a lot. But if you watch these guys, especially in singles, you're going to be dinking and the court is small. So you have to be so strategical and people are running all over the court. Like I'm telling you, it's got a lot of athleticism in that sport, Ryan. And I want to see you out there, and I want to dominate you so you can see that this has got a lot of athletic sport. Anytime you're ready Don't to go, Don't disrespect the sport of pickleball. Anytime
0: you're ready to go, I'll get my freaking Reebok pumps on. I'll give them a couple yeah. squeezes, tighten them up around my ankles. <laughs> Those things are <laughs> we'll going to pop out there, when you
2: start running around the court. Let me there. tell you. Oh, my god, country club I'll, day. I'll we get cover it.
0: that three feet of space like nobody you've ever seen.
2: Oh, my gosh. And look, sorry, random story. So there's a crazy story, and this makes me think of, Cole, you were talking about pickleball and compare it to tennis. There's a wild story that when uh, there was a – I think it was a Chinese ping pong player was training for the Olympics and actually quit ping pong because the ping pong conditioning was too hard to play tennis. So it's not always about the size of the court or the distance – it's, I don't know. That story is wild to me. I don't even know really what to yeah, say you, about it.
0: You hear that, ladies? Size does not always matter.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, but the, oh, my gosh, Chinese ping pong players? I Bro, think that shit's
0: intense, man. Now, that I would call athletic.
1: That is unreal.
2: Don't quote me on that story, but I'm pretty sure it was true.
1: Oh, we need to have a country club day when we get 18 yeah. in and then we hit the, the yeah. pickleball. The kitchen you know, court.
0: That would actually be like a super fun video. We'll call it Gentleman's Day where we like we go play like <laughs> we'll go play nine holes. Right. At like a country club. But we'll show up in our like Argyle sweaters and stuff. Right. And then when we get done with our nine holes of golf, we'll go play some pickleball and then we'll go hit up the sauna and then we'll go play some ping pong. We'll there call it a little gentleman's day. Dink it. Dunk it.
1: Yeah. Dinkin and Dunkin'.
0: Yeah, Dinkin and Duncan. We'll get Duncan to sponsor it. Oh, that'd be <laughs> look, now we're just talking marketing geniusity right here. It's uh it's ten after right now if you gotta go. I don't I don't want you to be late. Dude, he got so fired up about pickleball. I love it. I was about to say,
1: <laughs> he is um feels strongly about pickleball. Do not diss pickleball, Dinkin' or Duncan with him.
0: Yeah. He, <laughs> he's got some opinions. Hey, but no, no joke, if you guys wanna go check out his signature line, go look it up. Look him up on uh, Instagram and TikTok. I think it's Mac underscore Hereford. So um, I'll put a little link in the thing. Link in bio. Save 10%. Link in bio.
1: That's pretty cool. A signature paddle, though. Seriously, say like MH or is it like his like he actual signature Mac Hereford paddle?
0: Here, I'll show you. Yeah, it says MH on it. It's pretty dope. We just had to order Oh, no, that is really cool. Yeah, it's sick. Look at that. Look at the action shot, baby. Have you lived in Tennessee your whole life? whole life. That's awesome, man. Talk to us a little bit about, um, you know, Nashville, super popular place for people to come and visit. A lot of people come here for vacations, like bachelor parties, bachelorette party capital of freaking America. I wish you chicks would stop coming down here. It's (laughs) absolutely nuts. Like any Friday night, you'll see 30 different bachelorette parties. I used
1: to live downtown in July, um, directly downtown across from Yeehaw Brewing. I would be driving to the gym at seven a.m. on a Tuesday and just see twelve girls in all pink on a party bus at like eight nine a.m. Yeah, those on a are Tuesday. Yeah, those are the girls
0: at one o'clock in the afternoon that are like face planting on the sidewalk <laughs> of Broadway down there because they're so drunk. Already. But
1: I guess they're putting money into our city. Yeah,
0: yeah thanks for boosting our economy. <laughs> But so tell us a little bit about, for like anybody that's listening to this, anybody that maybe has never come to Nashville, what are some of the favorite places that you have to go hang out down there, Um, whether it's like a bar or honky tonk or restaurants that you like to eat at?
1: I think with restaurants right now, my absolute favorite spot is Barcelona Wine Bar. Yeah, that That, place is sick. Gosh, that place is so good. And honestly, I don't even spend that much money when I'm there because it's tapas and, you know, shareables. So you say you go with three people, four people, you get, each of you get two tapas to share and one for yourself. Yeah. And you might spend, like, and you get one drink, you might spend, like, 50, 60 bucks. Yeah. And you eat a lot. But, gosh, just, like, the the atmosphere, they come around with, um, I think it's some type of wine, I don't know, and they get on top of the tables and pour it in your mouth. Yeah. And I'm just chugging until, like, I can't take any more. Yeah, I think but. it's sangria. Is it?
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, because sangria is, like, a traditional Spanish um, alcoholic drink
1: yeah but one it tastes really good and just i love that place so much that's that's my number one restaurant um and then some other good restaurants um i think Ernest bar and hideaway in wedgwood houston is a really good okay. restaurant and put a plug in here for an espresso martini the best espresso martini in nashville is americano lounge in wedgwood houston cannot beat it it is amazing
0: okay yeah. okay
1: so talking about restaurants in nashville
0: man i have my wife and i we're just big foodies and so mm. that's all we do is like go eat at places also shout out to all the dinks out there dual income no kids <laughs> um, There you go. <laughs> but um dinks and dunks yeah dinks and dunks all day this we're gonna that's probably gonna be the title of this podcast yeah um My favorite steakhouse right now in downtown Nashville is uh, Bourbon Steak at the top of the JW Marriott. Is that STK? Is that one? Is that different? STK is different. Okay. Um, Bourbon Steak, it's on the 38th floor of the JW Marriott Hotel in downtown. Overlooks the whole skyline of downtown Nashville at night. It's sick. Shout out to all the ladies. The ladies restroom has been ranked like one of the absolute best restrooms in all of America because of how sick it is. Um, Who's ranking women's restroom? (laughs) It's a thing, apparently, man. Like, I've been there several times, and every time that my wife and I either bring friends or family, every time one of the ladies comes out of the restroom, they're talking about how crazy it is. So apparently they have windows because the restroom is on the side of the hotel. And so for the women's room, the men, it's just a bullshit-ass wall with two urinals. It sucks. But for the women, apparently there's windows that overlook downtown Nashville. So like when they walk in there, they have a whole perfect uninterrupted, undis- like unblocked view of downtown Nashville. I took my dad and my stepmom to dinner the other night, um, and my stepmom comes out and she had taken a picture of the freaking sunset out of the freaking <laughs> restroom window. I was like, this is insane, man.
1: That is crazy, and we never get to see it. We never get
0: to see it. Are people ranking men's restrooms? I don't think that's a thing that guys really care to do. I think that's more that's of like fair. a woman thing, that's is fair. like ranking restrooms. It's um, an untapped market. Yeah, maybe we <laughs> maybe we could start a blog like
1: best men's restrooms in America. Yeah, ranked one through ten.
0: Yeah, we'll start here in Nashville and then we'll go from there. I don't know if
1: Nashville would even be on it, but we'll look. <laughs> we'll look. We'll look. But yeah, that their their
0: food is insane. They have the best dessert I've ever had in my entire life. What would you it's, get? Uh, they have like six different dessert menu options, but my favorite is the s'mores dessert.
1: Oh, so, I'm listening.
0: So they make. Imagine you're eight years old. And you're camping with your dad and your family for the first time, and you're making your very first s'mores, and you've got your graham crackers, and you've got your chocolate and your marshmallows, and you're roasting your marshmallows over the fire, right? They make their own marshmallow fluff from scratch every day in the restaurant. They make their own dark chocolate scratch. They make their own graham crackers from scratch They make a vanilla marshmallow fluff ice cream to go with it where they make vanilla ice cream from scratch and they infuse the vanilla or they infuse the marshmallow fluff that they made from scratch into one unit and it's an ice cream-marshmallow combination that's to die for. Oh my gosh. They put all of this on a plate and they cover it with a glass cloche for all you layman people out there that's like just a big dome over the plate and it's full of... Like, like Applewood smoked wood oh smoke in there And so they bring it out to the table It's already got the smoke in it And they sit it there and they let it hang out And then when they take the cover off They like waft the it's smoke like All around the table So you smell it, it smells exactly like a campfire And when you bite into it, it literally tastes Like a s'mores
1: that you just had When you were a kid at a campfire I've never heard a dessert Described better um, I'm ready to go Yeah yeah, if you
0: go there for nothing but the s'mores dessert, I wouldn't hate you for it. Like
1: I'm a I'm a big dessert guy, so I get crumble every week. You know uh, what crumble,
0: is? crumble cookies? Are you a hater? Ah oh, man, look, congrats to Crumble Cookies for making such a successful business model. But yeah, I am a hater because Crumble Cookies, Sprinkles cupcakes, bro, they're the most overhyped things I've ever had in my entire life. And I come and I say that genuinely because my mother has been baking cookies ever since I was like a wee little lad in the kitchen, right? And I've learned how to bake some of my mom's cookies, and I'm telling you right now, they'll put cookie they'll put crumble to shame, bro, to shame. You eat one of the cookies that I make, you'll never even utter
1: the words crumble cookies out of your mouth ever. I'm ready to try one, but I'm about to get really emotional like Mac did with Pickleball. <laughs> it, it, his Pickleball is my crumble. <laughs> but I do I do love Crumble, but I know It's like half and half. Half people say that they're just like basic cookies and they're too big. Well, I kind of, I kind of like like the big cookies and like all the different flavors. But yeah, some weeks, like I'm like, I don't give a crap about any of these flavors, but I'm a big chocolate chip guy. And so they're chocolate chip cookies, I just, I love them. But bro, I'll make you a chocolate
0: chip peanut butter cookie that will, will destroy any other cookie that's ever existed.
1: I'm ready. But back to what you were saying about, uh, bourbon steakhouse, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I would love to try that place. It's probably a good date spot too, right? It's a great date spot. Dude. And the the,
0: the bathroom. <laughs> oh, dude! Look, I'm telling you right now, fellas, if you are in Nashville and you are wanting to take a lady on a date, now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie that you're gonna have to pull your wallet out, bro. Like it's gonna cost you a couple bucks. So don't get mad at We're me. We're only getting the dessert, but let me walk you through why this is such an amazing date place, mm-hmm. right? Number one, super easy to get reservations. You, you call like, I would call like a week ahead of time. It's not
1: through like, like I have open table to make reservations. Yeah you, can go online.
0: yeah, you can go online mm. and you can do it on their website. So you can, you don't have to call anybody if you don't mm. want to. That's just the old guy in me talking about like ways to make reservations. Mm. So you make a reservation ahead of time. They'll allow you to request particular seating. Now they can't always accommodate you, right? Depending on the day and the time and all that other stuff. But they are very, very good about special requests. So mm-hmm. when you go online and you book your reservation, one of the questions they'll ask you is, like, what is this for? Is it, like, a special occasion okay. or whatever, right? You can put on there, hey, this is a first date. If you wanted to, like, I'm really trying to impress this girl I really like or whatever, right, can you do something special for us? And they'll – I guarantee you they'll do something. Like, come in like, Mr. Potter. <laughs> Dude, not only that, but, like – so here's – so for example – I told you my dad and my stepmom, I took them to dinner there the other night when mm-hmm. I made the reservations. I just said, Hey, all we're doing is just celebrating because my dad and my stepmom are building a house here in Tennessee and they're going to mm-hmm. move from Colorado to, to live out here. They're going to be like 10 minutes from my wife and I, so we're going to be able to see them a lot more. So I was like, we're just, we're just having like a celebration yeah. because they're moving. We show up and we, ch- I like tell them, Hey, we're here for my reservation. They're like, okay, give us just a few minutes. So we get the table ready for you. And I was like, at first, I was like, man, well, that kind of sucks because, like, what's the point of having a reservation if I now have to sit here for five minutes while you get a table ready for me? But what happened was they had printed a congratulations card to put in an envelope, and they had taken the card to all of the staff members in the restaurant to sign it before they put it in an envelope and set it on our table so that when my dad and my stepmom sat down, there was a card addressed to us and it was saying congratulations from everybody at Bourbon Steak and it had all of the servers and all the staff had signed the entire card. Okay, so this place is
1: top-notch service because that made that probably made you feel amazing.
0: Yeah, this place is five star bro. My stepmom was like blown away by it. She was taking pictures of it. She was smile from ear to ear. So again I'm going back, guys, fellas, you want to impress a girl, these are the things that are available to you at this place, right? But then, take it a step further, because it's at the JW Marriott, where do you park your car? You valet park that thing, right? (laughs) So you pull up, you just ride in, valet parking, you're going to have a parking attendant open the door for your lady, you get out, you ain't got to worry about no parking garages, none of that stuff. There is a private elevator at the hotel lobby that takes you to the restaurant, so it's separate from all the other elevators in the hotel. It's just like the whole vibe to it is like, It's like story, t- it's like storybook movie
1: scene shit that is a sick place to go. It sounds like they really care about the details. So, one, I don't know what the, the women's bathroom looks like, but like men would not care what the bathroom looks like. Women would. And like the view and everything. Um, so, like that's one small detail that is helpful. And then that card... Yeah, like if every person in the restaurant like signed that, like if it was something like <sighs> emotional, I would probably cry. If like yeah. every person in the restaurant signed a card and gave it to me, and like yeah. not knowing them, and just like being surprised, like they really care about the details. I think that goes a lot to say about that restaurant.
0: Yeah, and again, you're 38 floors up. You're overlooking downtown Nashville. So if it's at night, everything in downtown Nashville is lit up. It's sick. Mm-hmm. If you go early enough, um, you know winter time the sun comes down pretty early, so you'd have to have an early date. But like summertime when it's, you know, dark at 8 30 at night, you could get a later dinner reservation. Yeah. But the sunset, watching the sunset from up there is absolutely insane.
1: I'm definitely going to have to try
0: that place. Yeah. That place is sick, man. That's like, that's my favorite place in downtown Nashville right now.
1: I'll try and I'll let you know. Yeah. I'll let you know. Yeah. You got to let me know. <laughs> uh, I'm definitely going to get that some more. Like, I'm a big desserts guy.
0: Yeah. And then they have five other desserts. It's so funny, too, because the first time that my wife and I went there, we went with my sisters. They had come into town from Arizona. And. The f- there was four of us. They have six dessert options. So I'm like, why don't all four of us each get something different? Mm-hmm. We'll share it all. All of us can try all the desserts. And they're like, okay. And then I saw the fifth and sixth options. All of us agreed on one of them. None of us were excited about. Just reading the description, we were all like, nah, we don't need that one. Mm-hmm. But there was another one where I was like, I want to try that one too. So we ordered five of the six desserts. And when they dropped off the desserts to us, they brought us all six. And our server looks at me and he goes, hey, so chef noticed that you guys ordered five of the six desserts, (laughs) but you didn't get the last one. And uh, he just wanted you to try it. So don't worry about it. It's complimentary. But like he wanted you to try it because you already got this place is top notch.
1: Yeah, they really they really care. Was there a skillet cookie no i don't think
0: they have a skillet cookie as an option from what i can remember that's one of my
1: favorite desserts just i know warm warm cookie over um some ice cream
0: yeah yeah so i grew up in arizona and there's a restaurant out there it's a chain restaurant it's called oregano's and they used to call that a pizzuki. yeah pizza cookie (laughs) old chicago does that they say pizzuki. yeah and then oregano's had to stop calling it that, probably because of like Old Chicago or some other company mm. out there with the same name. But yeah, those like half-baked giant chocolate chip cookies oh. with ice cream on or top Or a of them. brownie.
1: Gosh, yeah. either one. I love it. Yeah, those are sick.
0: Yeah, dude, I could talk for hours about restaurants. Dude, there's 210 Jack. If you like ramen noodles, go to 210 Jack in, in downtown. I think it's like East Nashville.
1: I heard yeah, it's in East. And I've heard about it a like lot. It's like one of the coolest there ramen are noodle houses. A lot of restaurants in Easter, I think, are more like Thai, Japanese, that I really want to try that I've heard a lot about, like that being one. Yeah, you can't go wrong, man. You know, the one thing that I am super disappointed in
0: myself about is I've lived here for 13 years now and I've never once gone to Zany's Comedy Club.
1: Really? So, funny story, um, I worked there for four years in college. Oh, shit, that's awesome. Spent, yeah, four and a half years of my life, like around that at Zany's. So, in college, um, lived in Murfreesboro. I would drive up to Nashville to work at Zany's like three, four nights a week. Nice. Um, killed the mileage of my car, but um, oh, my gosh, so many any, memories. I was going to say, um, any fun stories of
0: your time working there?
1: Um, I don't want to name names. You know, yeah, I can't name names just like out of respect for like the club. I'm really close to everybody there, like in the management, but um, we had – so. Sometimes I would work the green room. The green room yeah. um, is the where the artist is. And um, I guess one cool thing was um, I had Bob Saget. I'll, all I did was bring him a water one time. He didn't want anything, anything at all. Um, Rest and, in peace, Bob. Yes, uh, amazing guy. Danny Tanner, we love you. Um, and I didn't do anything for him, so I didn't expect anything, honestly. Yeah. Even with him being like, a big celebrity, having much money, I did nothing. Like, I brought you a water bottle. Yeah. Um, And so at the end of the... Show, like, he came to find me. Like, where's where's Cole, the guy that was, you know, serving in my green room? I was like, hey, what's up? And he gave me a hundred bucks. That's I was awesome. Like, oh, I didn't even do anything for you. um And just that just kind of shows the guy he was. Cause, like, you know, he had the reputation of being like such a nice guy in Full House. And then, like, outside of his known as like, you know, had the dirty jokes and everything like yeah. that. But really, uh, such a nice guy. And he was like, yeah, man, like, I, I used to be a server too. Like, you know, you know here's a here's hundred bucks. Like, That's awesome. You know, we have stuff where sometimes the, the artist would get too drunk. Like one time, um, I think I got in trouble because I overserved one of the artists in the green room and uh, they were on stage telling jokes twice, slurring their words, saying the same joke like ten minutes later and we were like, Oh no And I was like, Am I gonna tell that artist like no, you can't have more alcohol, you know? Like- yeah, dude, how do you like that's
0: That's crazy that you get in trouble for that for quote unquote over serving them. It's like what are you supposed to do in that
1: scenario? Like that's your job is to be tell them no, take
0: care of them. So you're gonna piss them off before they go out there instead. Like
1: I'm not. It wasn't Bob Saget, but I'm not gonna tell Bob Saget, hey, you probably shouldn't have another beer, right? But more so, maybe it would be like they wanted a whiskey ginger and you kind of put half water in there. Yeah, you know, like what the fuck is this? But (laughs) yeah, um, but yeah, just a lot of a lot of memories and stories of like finishing a shift and then the comedian, whoever it is, like, comes out. And where are we going, y'all? We're like, oh, hell yeah. And so <laughs> we occasionally would hit Broadway, but more so, like, bars in, like, East or um, Melrose, the okay. um, the underground parlor. Yeah, Melrose Parlor. Um, but, yeah, they would want to go places where there weren't a bunch of people. But yeah. really, really fun times, fun stories. Um, like, my favorite comedians I saw were um, – Roy Scoville is probably one of my favorite comedians. I've nice. um, got to see Shane Gillis, he's really big now. Oh dude, he's
0: hilarious, man. Have you seen his new stand up? I've seen clips of it. Yeah, it's
1: absolutely You need to watch it. It is so funny. Um Dave Attell, um George Lopez, um over 4 years you can imagine a bunch of people, yeah. but Dave
0: Attell is funny. George Lopez actually uh one of the guys that I met through the podcast his name's William Wilson. He's a custom clothier out of North Carolina. He makes custom suits. Mm-hmm. He does the um he does the winner's jacket for the uh, the NASCAR race in North Carolina that just happened like a week or two ago. He, oh, that's He huge. custom designs a winner's jacket and then presents it to the winner of the race afterwards. Um, he's good friends with George Lopez and goes and plays in his celebrity golf tournament in California every year.
1: Oh, that is awesome. We need invites to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, William?
0: We need to... We've got a couple of golf,
1: Put us golf on the guys that can be on your foursome if you need some extra people to come play with you. Put us on the list. Zany's, absolutely. Great place. Um, great people that run it. Great people that work there. Um, so many memories. I love that place. And one thing, a lot of people don't know like about Zany's, I think, in Nashville, but if you ever want to see stand-up, go to, go to Zany's. Now, I'm pretty picky about comedians, given I – I would be working for four years and just hear it while I'm, like, taking orders. Monday nights, I think they do, like, six or eight comedians just from, like, around the southeast or anywhere come in, and, like, it's it's pretty good, like, pretty... Like an open mic night? Yeah, and so it's not... It is open mic, but it's, like, you have to submit to be entered into the open mic. Okay. It's not just, like, anybody can go up there. Oh, that's cool. I know Theo
0: Vaughn goes up there all the time and works on his material because he lives here in Nashville.
1: Yeah, and I think I think he has a... I think he has a residency where he like does like something once a month. I don't know if, actually, I think he doesn't have it anymore, but when he first did. So, funny story, I actually sold merch for him one time at Zany's. Really? Um, he finished his show, super hilarious. Um, and I was outside selling T-shirts for him. This was like 2017. I was like 19 or 20. Um I'm just sitting out there selling his shirts, and he just walks out there and is like, who's selling my shirts? And just looks at me He's like, damn, boy, you wrestle? Just <laughs> He said, look at that neck. (laughs) He was hilarious. Yeah, I wrestled in like eighth grade. That's hilarious. um, Yeah, just sold his shirts and he was like, cool, man. And just like went inside. Great place. Dude, he's doing his own podcast now, too. It's like, I feel like
0: that's kind of become the thing now for stand-up comedians is Mm -hmm. to have their own
1: podcast. I feel like it's more consistent and like you get to know the comedian a little bit more rather than. If you're a comedian what you do is you go on tour and yeah. then you can only see them in on stage or somewhere where on their podcast they're still like saying those jokes and being funny so like yeah. you get to see more of it and then that makes you want to go to a show even more. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's super smart and dude,
0: shout out to Joe Rogan for making that like a super popular and successful thing to do. I think I don't know where they would be in the podcasting world if Joe Rogan hadn't become so successful and hadn't blown up to the point that he is right now. I don't know that we would see stand up comedians like making a podcast a regular thing to promote their brand. Like
1: honestly, yeah. I don't know. And
0: God, when he was that like
1: five years ago or even longer with for Joe Rogan?
0: (sighs) Yeah, I wanna say it's been longer than that now. I think he started it. I think he's been doing it for like ten
1: years. Gosh. Wow. But like when he
0: first started doing it, he had like a plastic fold out table and like a laptop and like a crazy And
1: now he's got one of the most successful podcasts in the world, I think.
0: You're playing in a golf tournament here soon. When, how long have you been playing golf? When did you start
1: playing? That's a good question. I guess ever since I could swing a club. That does not mean I'm good. Okay, you know, <laughs> same here. Um, my dad is has probably golfed every Saturday and Sunday of his life, if not, you know, two days out of the week as well. Nice. Um, he's never like he probably drives to Chattanooga every weekend and golfs. Um, so like a big factor in like being at the golf course. So my dad would go and practice. Um when I was young and I would go, you know, it'd bear trace Tim's Ford. That's okay. where he would go. That was like our, our, dude, course. I love that golf course. Ben, so I fun. love that place. It's beautiful. And it's a yeah. state park. So, yeah. you know, right there by the lake, Tim's Ford. So he'd go there and just hit range balls or golf. And I'd, I'd go to the little pond to the lake right there and try and catch turtles. Nice. <laughs> and sometimes I'd bring one home and like not, not show them. Yeah. Just get in the car. I have And then pet? later that night I'd be like, Hey, I got to show y'all something. I got a turtle, <laughs> but back to, you know, golfing, I was never really interested in golf because I I played football and ran track growing up, so I wanted the the fast, exciting sports. You know, I wanted to run, and you know, in golf you are not running, you know. And so that was one of my strong suits was you know speed, and so like, can't use that all in golf. And so I thought it was boring; it was an old man's game. So as I've gotten older, I like it a lot more now. You know, I am twenty six. Um, me and all my friends, we love it. Like we try to golf at least once a week, like Thursday evening go to McCabe walk nine you know yeah I'm decent you know maybe 10 15 any camp on a good day I'm okay you know nothing special yeah um that's the thing like
0: most people are and it's so weird because you're because you're sitting here you're like hesitant to talk about like how good or not good at golf you are and I feel like that's so funny for so many people to play golf is like you want to be better than you are and you sometimes it can be like embarrassing telling people how much you suck like for me I've been playing for 30 years, and I'm currently like a 17 and a half handicap. Like, I'm yeah. playing so bad
1: right now. I could and, be that any day.
0: Like, it and it's frustrating because at one point in my life, I was a single digit handicap, but oh man, um, that was many moons ago. Because you've been around golf for so long, do you have like bucket list golf courses? Like, what are your top five bucket list golf courses that you'd want to play at?
1: I don't think I have specific courses. I, one that is the top of my head is Tobacco Road. I've heard really cool things about that, and I'd like to go there. But I think more so destinations rather than the course itself. It's like kind of tying into like the 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 city into the course. Yeah, you know, as long as the course is really nice, I'd love to play it. Um, I think some of my buddies went to on a bachelor trip to Palm Springs, California, or something like that, and there was some course right there, and they just raved about how beautiful it was and everything. Um, TPC Scottsdale. Um, been to Scottsdale a handful of times. Um, only got to golf at one place. I think it was uh Silverado, it's a public course, but it was, yep. it was pretty nice. I grew up playing that golf course, yeah? yeah. Um, I love that golf course, yeah. And pretty reasonably priced for a, a, a golf course in Scottsdale.
0: Yeah, it's uh, last time I checked, it was like 75 bucks around, but oh, I, I got it. Sure. It might be more
1: now. I got the what's it called, Twilight. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it
0: was like 50. The high school 50? that I went to is like right across the street from the um, the First couple holes. Really? I think it's like hole three and four. There's across the street. There's a high school right there. That's where I went to school.
1: Um, but, yeah, so, like, destinations. Um, I, at one point, um, I wanted to book a trip to, like, uh, Mexico and, like, do a little, like, hit up some courses in there. Um, you know, anywhere in California, Charleston, Savannah. I know that they've got some really nice courses there. Yeah. Um, I did, I went to Destin this summer with our friend group and golfed at... Um, Mm, we hit three courses. Oh, did you Destin. go to the
0: the Hilton Sandestin? The three courses that are there, like not the Raven.
1: We I wanted to go to the Raven strictly because I wanted a polo. Okay, um, but we, not the Raven. What was it? I golfed with the owner and founder of another Broken Egg Cafe. I was just I was that's crazy. I went long story, but I went down a day early to get our family's boat away from everybody, and so I. Just like I'm gonna, I'm gonna get 18 in. Just got paired with two old men, old ass guys. They were fun. Um, I think they're both single and just talked about like the bars. They 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 were like upper 60s, maybe That's 70 awesome. something. They're talking about yeah, we go chase some tail at like this <laughs> 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 this bar. Um, and yeah, one of them was uh, the founder of another Broken Egg Cafe, and I love their their pancakes. They've got one here in Nashville, but yeah. um, I can't think of the name. Um, but it was it was so nice, uh, the two courses, but it's, it's in Destin. Uh, maybe it'll come to me. But, yeah, I, so courses in particular, I don't really have any, but I have heard Tobacco Road is really cool. Um, but what about you? What are, your, what are your, some of your bucket list ones?
0: I've been fortunate. I've already been able to check off some of my bucket really? list courses to this point. Like um, Growing up, I always wanted to play Pebble Beach. TPC Scottsdale because I grew up in Scottsdale. So like playing that course was always a bucket list dream of mine. Have you
1: been to waste management?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually going next year. Um, I'll be there with my boys for the Wednesday Pro-Am and then I'm going to stay there the whole weekend. I'll probably go catch a couple rounds
1: as well. Okay. So So me and my friends went last year for the first time. I think it's one of my favorite vacations ever. Yeah. It's the coolest event ever and
0: it's always on the same weekend as the Super Bowl. And then, which sucked last year. Were you there last year? Mm -hmm. You said, yeah. Yeah. So you were there during Super Bowl week, which is like it's twice now that that's happened
1: where it gets absolutely out of hand. Ubers triple the price, lines into the bars. Yeah, you better get there early.
0: Um, I got hotel rooms are like four times what they would normally cost. Airbnbs are twice as expensive. Yes, the Airbnbs was the
1: biggest part. Um, those were so expensive, and thankfully we got like kind of early to get something like decent. But I'm so happy that the Super Bowl is not there this year. Like yeah. it'd still be, you know, expensive because waste management. But yeah, like I said, that's probably one of my favorite vacations. And even like we were telling some of our friends that don't necessarily golf, even if you don't like golf or don't golf, still extremely fun. Because yeah. one, just the course is beautiful. The weather is amazing. It's February. It's like it's not too hot at yeah. all um and it's just a fun environment. Oh, dude, they got the Crow's Nest down there where you have bands playing. I
0: know the Saturday before the week of the tournament, they always have they have a concert series that they do now. They set up an entire concert stage inside the Coliseum at at the 16th hole between the t box and the green and they'll have performers come out and put on concerts and so you can fill all the grandstands around the 16th hole. And you can
1: watch people put I on concerts. I think I've seen that. I forgot who was, I think Dustin Lynch is one of them. Yeah. And, and funny, he went to my high school. Nice. So, but I nice. uh, need to ask him for tickets, but um, I forgot who else. But yeah, I did see that.
0: Once I got old enough and had, an, you know, my own money, then mm-hmm. I, I've played TPC Scottsdale. I played the stadium course and the champions course. Champions course is significantly harder than the stadium course. Right. In my opinion, um, the stadium course I've, I've been fortunate enough to play it over a dozen times and I've, two years ago I played for the first time ever with all the grandstands built up before the waste management. Oh, I was there like better. I was there like three weeks before the tournament. It makes the golf course look like a totally different course when you're there, especially the 16th hole. Any better, right. Day, you like it better with it's this. so much more. It's so much better. Um, you know, the 16th hole at TPC Scottsdale any other day of the year when there's no grandstands built around that thing, it's like the most mundane par three that you'll mm-hmm. ever experience. It doesn't look like anything. Um, you get a really cool view of the McDowell Mountains behind the green, yeah. like really far out in the landscape. But other than that, I guess it's just it kinda, like a short park. It is green.
1: a nice course, but I guess it probably just looks normal, like a regular yeah. nice course. When you have the stands around, you're like, this is it.
0: Yeah, it looks it looks epic with the grandstands. But like any other day of the week, you're like, this is just a regular golf course in the desert. Um, but yeah, I played there. Um, I've played Town twice now. I just I just got back from playing Town like not too long ago. Um I played Pebble for the first time this year. I got to play Mm. all three courses out there. That was sick. Um, I played Tobacco Road not too long ago. That's the yellow and black flag. Oh, yeah, you got the flags. Yeah. Nice. Um, Half Moon Bay. I played both the golf courses at Half Moon Bay in San Francisco, which was pretty
1: cool. Um, How about St. Andrews? I know that's a big one for everybody. Yeah, St.
0: Andrews is next. I was actually – so my wife and I, every year we go on vacation and we travel to different places in the world, Mm. and we alternate who gets to pick where we go. That was nice. COVID kind of threw our schedule off, so I got to pick two years in a row. So I picked um, this year, and I get to pick next year, and that's why we went to Pebble Beach this year. We stayed like two weeks in um, S- San Francisco, Napa Valley. Just had an awesome trip. Um, so next year, I was saying I was gonna go to St Andrews, and that was gonna be mm-hmm. our trip was like go to Scotland, St Andrews, do all that stuff. But uh, but I changed my mind.
1: I am not gonna do it next year. So, but I'll, I'll go to St Andrews soon. Yeah. Um, actually I actually have a funny story about waste management. So, last year was my first year. I'm definitely gonna go back. I want to go back every year. So much fun. Um, you know I did the shuttle buses to get to and from um yep. the the course. Um, so me and all my but there's a group of like six of us. Um, it's fun time shuttle Uber to the place where you shuttle from. Got on the bus, shuttled to um the course. Had a had a great day. Me and one other guy were just having a great time. And it, it, the sun was setting. We're like, this is beautiful. I'm not leaving. They're still playing golf. And the, the other guys wanted to get back and shower and, like, get ready to go out. And me and my friend Chris were like, we're going to stay. Y'all y'all go ahead. And so we just stayed and just enjoyed it, sat there, met some cool people, everything. Eventually, like, the sun was setting and it is getting darker and it was over. I was like, okay, let's let's go back to the the shuttle and get out of here. And just me and him. And so we did, we got on our shuttle B and shuttle C and we we're like, surely they go to the same spot. <laughs> nope. And, and just saw, you know, everybody getting on the shuttle, was like, yeah, they go to the same spot. Like, <laughs> they're right beside each other. And it's just, it's just their naming them, you know, <laughs> got on shuttle C. Um, we we're like, yeah, right. Can't wait to get home, shower, you know, get some Gatorade in us, get ready to go out. Um, so it's taking us to the the spot it took about 15, 20 minutes. Um, right. Said, all right, this the lady driving, all right, this is lot C. We're like, okay. And we're the there are not a lot of people on this bus. Uh, <laughs> I think there was like six and two there including us. So we get off and like we get outside and we look around like Where are we? And then close the door, the bus drives off. We're like, Oh my god, Chris. This is not where we're supposed to be. (laughs) And we're looking around. This is in the middle of nowhere. This like and it is it's nighttime now. Yeah. Um, two people get in their truck, another two people get in their car and they drive off. And we are sitting in a parking lot in the middle of nowhere, like in the desert. (laughs) And we're like, oh my gosh. So it's lot C, wherever Lot C is, and we're like, all right, well, let's try and get an Uber. And like, see where we're at. We are about 55 minutes away from our, our Airbnb. Like, we oh, went geez. the exact different direction. Also, trying to call Ubers, no one was close. No, Uber, Lyft. And I was like. Cause they were all probably taking other people like to their house. No, like, like searching, searching, 10, 15 minutes, searching, searching, nothing. I'm like, Chris, where the hell are we? Like, what? so lot C was not the choice. And so we just start walking. We walk to. A, a main road and we're walking past like businesses that are like shut down. This is the middle of nowhere. Um, we get to like a main road where it's like four lanes, still not busy at all. And we're just like, <laughs> like throwing thumbs up. And <laughs> we see a guy actually, no, this I was about to say had an Uber thing on the front windshield. They did not. The guy was completely random. Um, pulled up. Y'all need a ride? Like, like, I'm looking at Chris. I'm like, "How else are we gonna get home?" Yeah. And he's like, "Y'all have Zell." I was like, "No. Do you have like Venmo or Cash App?" He's like, "No." And Chris was like, "I'll download Zell." Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> um. We get in this car with this random guy that like, you should never uh, anybody listening that is younger or anything or even just any age do not ever get in a random car when they say like they'll take you somewhere that's 50 minutes away in the middle of nowhere because that was really stupid of us but <laughs> we paid him a lot um i think it was like 50 60 70 bucks something like that Sometimes to take us to you our just airbnb gotta do what you got to do man Chris Zeldum, and he dropped us off at our airbnb he said y'all have a good night if we get back and all the guys are ready um ready to go out pregame we're like we've had a a, a journey so give us a second okay <laughs> <laughs> um took us like two extra hours to get home but yeah so that's what me and Chris call our lot C story. That's so hilarious. now this year we'll make sure we're on the right bus.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's important. There's some places down there where you can park your car and you can walk in instead of having to um, like drive in there. Or we had the a room. rental,
1: but I think we, we just didn't want to because we were we were drinking. Yeah. That's why we wanted to use the bus. Yeah. No,
0: it's dude. That's anybody that wants to go to a golf tournament. That's the one. I'm telling you right now, waste management. It's not like a golf tournament, dude. Whatever your thought is of what a golf tournament is, that this is not it. This it's is a like a
1: party and people are golfing. Yeah, dude.
0: Exactly. It's it's rowdy. Imagine just like I don't even know how to describe it, dude. Just imagine going to like a music festival slash backyard barbecue festival is a great way to slash describe it. like frat yeah.
1: party. Like it's insane. Like there, like there's vendors that get drinks, get food. I mean, um, just like like, last time, two K Golf was there like taking pictures. So like, I sat up on a throne of um, golf clubs and like I got to put on a crown and everything and like hold like uh, a big trophy and just like took pictures. <laughs> of it like there's like so many like different vendors and like cool stuff for you to do and like oh my gosh the uh, the pro shop. I don't know if pro shop would be the the merch, oh, the merch tent dude. It's oh, massive. My I spent too much money in that thing. I got the coolest light blue waste management hoodie that I am that I absolutely love. Feels so good. It was 120 bucks. Most I've ever spent on a hoodie, but I know the rest of my friends got like three things and we all spent like a hundred bucks in that store, (laughs) (laughs) but can't wait to go back, man. Dude. The
0: other thing too, about waste management that I don't think, and nobody ever talks about this because the hype around the waste management is always the party atmosphere Mm -hmm. and the rowdy fans and the noise. If you're a golf fan, the coolest part about Waste Management Phoenix Open is you'll get closer to the golfers at that tournament than you can at any other tournament. Yeah. I've been to a couple different tournaments now. It's nuts, dude. Like, I remember I went the last year I went there, this was before Live Golf and PGA. Mm-hmm. And so Phil Mickelson was playing, he was teeing it up on the ninth hole. And Cole, I'm standing eight feet from this man he's teeing up his shot look at his nice calves and i'm eight feet from him dude and he hits his shot and i'm listening to him talk like i'm listening to him mumble under his breath because he's pissed he didn't hit a good tee shot hideki mount like you can sit there and get closer to the golfers at that tournament than anywhere else the spots where they walk from like one green to the next tee Mm -hmm. box you can just you're high-fiving like the ropes whatever yeah man it's it's so so cool and especially if you get on the back nine, if you go out to like hole 13, um, that green, it's a par five. And so you get to see if you stand on the green, you get to see some pretty cool approach shots into mm-hmm. that green. Um, but there aren't as many people that watch out on the back nine as they do the front nine. And it yeah. doesn't take that long to get back there either. It's not that I think far a lot of people walk. know
1: that either. Like yeah, we so, didn't. We were just like we'll be like within these four or five holes right here.
0: Yeah, so you can get to some pretty cool spots. Like hole number twelve, it's a par three. It's like the hardest par three on the course, in my opinion. And you can stand on the back of the tee box, right behind the golfers as they're hitting their tee shot. So you you get a a perfect view of their ball flying through the air, landing on the green. You can talk to the guys like it's nutty, dude.
1: People that are like real golfers that go there like to watch the golf. I wonder if. I assume most of them like enjoy the different atmosphere that's there, like, cause it's not like any other golf tournament, like, hole in one, the beers are flying. Yeah. Like, that doesn't happen at the Masters or anything. No. Um, so, that's, I think that's what my, one of my favorite parts of it is, yes, the, the atmosphere of like, it's like a music festival, uh, um, a big party and people are golfing, but also just that it's not normal golf like people are rowdy at this golf tournament and that's like what makes it so special
0: yeah which is why i don't think you see a lot of i don't think you see a lot of hardo golf purists there because to them it's annoying and they don't appreciate it um but my dude so the noise my buddies and i had talked about this before and we had an amazing idea and we still to this day don't understand why tpc has not done this but imagine if saturday At the Waste Management, it gets louder than any other day. There's the most people packed into that Coliseum. Imagine they just recorded all the noise of crowds cheering for great shots and booing real loud for bad shots. Right. And then every other day of the year when the Waste Management is not going on and it's a bare bones golf course, they have a button on the tee box. So when you're chilling with your boys, you're in your group of four people and you're playing on your buddy's trip. Mm. Imagine you step up to hit your tee shot and it's in the air and there's two buttons. One is a cheer and one is a boo. And you like hook yours out of bounds into like the desert. And Mm. I smack a button real quick and you hear all the noise of the stadium on PA speakers all around that hole booing at you
1: as if you were playing in the waste management. I bet they could definitely do that for like some special people that want it. Um, But Oh, my gosh, that would be awesome. I would probably be getting the booze, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe on a, you know, an easier part three, I could get up there on the green, but my friends would be... I hit a good shot, and my friends would hit the booze. <laughs> yeah, 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 just to be But dead. no, that would be really cool. That'd be and sick, And that'd be a man. great experience, especially if, if they don't have the stands up. Probably not as much, but if they have the stands up still, I think that would be really cool.
0: Or if they had, um, man, if there was some crazy technology where they could have these, like led sheets that they put the up around the hole so that during the day it's kind of see-through but like when you get there it turns on and it looks like the stadium is built around the course i, don't know, I guess they could do that um like a hologram or something yeah and then like you know you have to walk from the 15th green to the 16th t-box there's like a little walkway that you have to walk through and it would be it'd be sick if they had like a motion sensor like once you hit a certain spot. On probably the cart path, the it me. triggered the the speakers to go off again and it yeah. was just the crowd cheering for you as you walk out on the T box. Like they could do some pretty cool stuff out there for like everybody. <laughs> It'd
1: be awesome, man. Um, what are your thoughts on when they open up the 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 course at the beginning and the people running? So I'm I'm pretty fast. So I was the two hundred meter state champion in Tennessee in nice. 2014. And so my friends were like, Man, do it. Like wake up at <laughs> We'll we'll wake up with you at like four or five a.m. We'll get out there and like be the first person to get to like is it the sixteenth or eighteenth? It's the
0: sixteenth hole,
1: yeah. And so I want to do that so bad. Um, Just that'd be a great experience to say that you. It's like running with the bulls, but not you know, Um, but like kind of something like that. And so we we wanted to do it so bad, but um, we could always go out the night before and be like, oh, it's not like. In the middle of the night. But it's not happening tomorrow, is it? No. So we tried three nights in a row and just never woke up early. Dude, you know anywhere. the majority of the guys that are out there waiting that early
0: in the morning, they went out the night before and they never went to bed. They just stayed up the entire night and they wait out there. They start lining up at like 3 I did not think morning. about that. And that yeah. is
1: an option that we'll have to Yeah, they just concur. go
0: hard. They just go hard for like two days straight.
1: Maybe leave early yeah. the next day. Yeah, we could do that.
0: Also... Just a little tip for anybody that might listen or watch this. If you do go to the waste management and you do want to be one of those people running to get to the 16th hole on a Saturday morning, and you are there early enough to be in that crowd of people to make that run, there are two different ways to get there. And people always go both ways. There's two routes to get there when you're on the golf course,
1: taking the right or going,
0: keep going straight. One is like you go straight to the right. It takes you behind the clubhouse and Mm -hmm. behind the 18th green. And then the other way is to go to the left and it takes you around the 18th hole and back behind the 17th hole. The fastest way to get there that I that I know of is to just go straight. You go past the 18th green, past the clubhouse, you go past, past the practice putting green in the driving range, and it's a straight shot straight to the 16th hole.
1: Okay, now we know.
0: Yeah. If you go out to the left, you have to go the entire length of like a 460-yard par four. Then you got to come around a 300-yard par four to get to that hole if you just go straight you can literally cut like a diagonal right across the golf course and it takes you straight to this yeah no, green. i know what you're talking about because we we hung out there in that spot
1: because
0: um, you just a you run past the clubhouse and then you run along the 10th hole and the 10th green and the 16th green they are split by one hill so once you get past the 10th hole you're right there at the 16th green mm. okay noted now i know that's the route i'm going to take yeah and if we make it and another tip that i would give you and again anybody else that's listening to this The way that the grandstands are built around the 16th green, everybody has their own opinion on how they want to sit in a place, Mm -hmm. right? But my opinion of the best place to be is get there early and get all the way in the back of the grandstands at the very top and either be on the 10th green side or kind of in like the corner. There's a spot right there. If you're on the very back of those grandstands, you can watch everybody play the 16th hole, right? And you're all the way in the back, so you can stand up. You don't have to worry about being in front of anybody. Mm. But anybody else that's playing, all you have to do is turn around and you can look down and you can watch everybody finish the tenth hole and you can watch everybody start the 17th hole. Oh. So you can literally watch three holes of golf from that one spot all day long. You never have to go anywhere. In the back. If you're standing all the way at the back of those grandstands.
1: Okay. Noted. I've I've got my trip planned out. We just yeah. got a, I think we have our flights booked. We just need to book the Airbnb. Yeah. Um. Did you ever? Did you always do like a general admission pass, or did you ever get any of like the, the different clubs or anything? I've always do? just
0: done the general admin. Um. Because you can get to everywhere in the course, and it's it's like thirty or forty bucks, I think, and then you can get everywhere you want. Yeah. Um. I've been fortunate though. I I still have friends that live out in in Arizona, and mm-hmm. so I've had I've had people offer me club you know club passes and stuff like that. Um. My buddies and I every year. They do it every year. I've only been able to go out with them once, and so I'm really looking forward to this year being the second Mm -hmm. time. But a buddy of mine has a hookup where we get these, like, VIP passes on Wednesday during the Pro-Am. So you get a wristband that gives you 10 drinks at different – There you go. At different concession stands throughout the golf course. And they give you – they give you 10 drinks, but you don't always – only get ten drinks if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> a lot of the times, the girls that are working at those tents, um, they're supposed to scan your wristband every yeah. time you order a drink, but they don't necessarily scan them every single time. So you, you end up getting more drinks. Though. There you go. But well, yeah, that's, that's handy to have. So you get free food the entire day with that, per, like with the purchase. Out. I think it's like seventy-five bucks. is what we normally pay every year. But you get there's like three or four or five of these different little concession stands all throughout the golf course. You can go in them anytime you want. Grab your drinks. You can grab food, snacks out of there mm-hmm. whenever you want. And then you just go tool around the golf course. That's convenient. Day. Yeah. And on the on the pro am day, you get to see the you know the golfers that are playing, but then you get to see guys like Larry Fitzgerald out there, or you get to see oh, like yeah. um, Steph, you know, the Steph maybe, Curry's yeah. and like all those other celebs. Maybe Drive Wade, playing. since he just got that hole in one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, man, that's he hit a crazy hole in one on seventh hole at Pebble Beach this year in some really bad weather conditions. So it's a huge deal. He hasn't been golfing a lot, right? Like he's I not, I don't think so. I yeah. mean, I don't, he's probably one of the guys that's kind of like, he's earlier. about
1: to start now after he did that. Like yeah. he's got the bug. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: I actually, I almost made a hole in one on 17 when I played Pebble beach. Really? Yeah. I've got the video of it. I've posted it on my social media a couple times. It's hard to tell from the angle. Cause you're, uh, you know, you're like 160 yards away from the flag basically. But, um, I hit a nine iron into that green and it, it bounced, took one hop, went right towards the hole hit just in front of the hole, mm-hmm. and the backspin on the ball spun it back like five feet. Oh, damn. <laughs> but if it had bounced forward, it was going right at the hole. So I, uh, I came within, like, inches of making a hole-in-one on 17 at Pebble.
1: Wow. Yeah, I've never had one. Been close sometimes. Um, dude, Amazing golfers will, will go their whole life without getting one. It's yeah. wild because the you know, ball's so small, and that hole is so small as well.
0: yeah. But they just, had a, they just had like a little par three contest like a week or two ago mm. where they had these kids come out and play. And this one kid made two hole-in-ones during that round on that little par three course in front of Tiger Woods. And then later on at night, they did this whole like banquet and they had Tiger up on a panel and a couple other guys where people could just do like Q&A with them. Yeah. And this little kid gets on the mic and he's like, hey, Tiger, I'm just curious. Have you ever had two hole-in-ones <laughs> in, in the same round in your entire career? And Tiger just... Didn't have anything to say, and he's like, "This little kid just mic dropped me. Like, what the hell?"
1: <laughs> I'm sure the whole crowd was bursting out laughing.
0: <laughs> it's and so awesome. I wonder if
1: somebody told him to say that, or he—this
0: little ten-year-old kid's chirping, "The greatest golfer to ever live." Did you ever have ten hole? Or two yeah, it's hole- hilarious. Yeah, and I think I've heard Tiger talk about it before. I think he has like twenty something hole in ones in his career.
1: Really? Like in his life? Wow. Well, I need one,
0: dude. I would love to have just one. I'm o- I'm always the guy that gets the hole in one on yesterday's hole location where like you hit it onto the oh. part three <laughs> and you're 35 feet from the hole that yeah. you need to put it into but your ball is sitting in the the hole plug that they put in there from the Man. day before or whatever and you're like shit I missed it by twenty four hours.
1: <laughs> I think the the closest I've been was uh what was the course it's in Chattanooga something stone silver windstone windstone in Chattanooga um, landed it. Um, two inches from the hole, you saw the divot, and then it didn't even move, and went like a foot away. And I was like, couldn't have been. Also, that would have have been a dunk. We keep talking about dunks and dinks, you know. Dinks and dunks, <laughs>
0: dude. I'm telling you, that's gonna be the title of this podcast: Dinks yeah. and Dunks. Dinks and dunks,
1: sponsored by Duncan. Yeah, and, and whoever Dinkin' is, sponsored by Hudson. Yeah, the yes. brand. Yes, sir.
0: <laughs> All right, man. Well, Cole, I appreciate you stopping by and hanging out for. For a little bit today. Thank you so much. Um, it's a pleasure being able to learn more about you and to, to hear about everything that you have going on with the clothing brand. Again, for everybody that's listening, check out
1: Hudson. Where can they get you at again? Um, The Instagram is at Hudson the brand, H-U-T-S-O-N-T-H-E brand. Um, and the website is Hudson.shop. And you can get the, to the website through the Instagram.
0: And what is, what's the... The two biggest things that you have right now are hats and t-shirts. Do you have anything else in inside your brand right now or no?
1: Um we have hats, t-shirts and um a tote bag, a canvas tote bag okay um and but in the future we'll have um more stuff like button ups, hoodies, stuff like that. Awesome. And- and you guys got to pay attention.
0: They do limited drops, so
1: they're not always readily available. You guys have a new drop coming up here soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't have a date yet. Um, okay. The everything's being printed and made right now, so probably be finished within about a week and a half. Um, so we're looking to drop middle of November. Awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, if you guys like supporting small businesses, if you like supporting local brands, this is a Tennessee native, homegrown Tennessee brand get on it go check them out i'm telling you right now i'm you know thank you very much for the hat today of course um super comfortable i love it man i can't wait to rock it out on the golf course so again appreciate you stopping by man have a great day
1: yeah and thanks for having me i appreciate it